0: I'd like to talk today about teachings that morning service has to offer us. But first, a prelude. This is Ehe uh, Dogen Zenji from Fukan Many of you have heard this many times and chanted it many times. At the site of your regular sitting, spread out thick matting, I'd like you to uh, see if you can. Go along with this. This is a, a, an instruction. So see see if you could go along with this at least for for a bit. Um, Page. Pardon? Page number. Uh, it's thirteen. Oh, I don't mean chant with me. I mean, I mean enact the practice that is being described here. At the side of your regular sitting, spread out thick matting, which is already here, and place a cushion above it. Sit either in the full lotus or half lotus position. In the full lotus position, you first place your right foot on your left thigh and your left foot on your right thigh. In the half lotus, you simply press your left foot against your right thigh. You should have your robes and belt loosely bound and arranged in order. Then place your right hand on your left leg and your left palm facing upward on your right palm, thumb tips touching. Thus sit upright in correct bodily posture, neither inclining to the left nor to the right, neither leaning forward nor backward. Be sure your ears are on a plane with your shoulders and your nose in line with your navel. Place your tongue against the front roof of your mouth with teeth and lips both shut. Your eyes should always remain open and you should breathe gently through your nose. Once you have adjusted your posture, take a deep breath, inhale and exhale, rock your body right and left and settle into a steady and movable sitting position. This is the posture of Zazen. And this is the mudra of Zazen, cosmic mudra or universal mudra or it's also called jhana mudra meditation mudra and the and the posture including the part about the tongue on the roof of the mouth and the teeth and lips both closed in conjunction with this mu- this mudra are like um, pos- positions that allow for the Um, unhindered circulation of internal energy within our body. And this position is ideally suited for this practice that Dogen Zenji mentions in the someplace where I thought I knew where it was so here it is two paragraphs to four. You should therefore cease from practice based on intellectual understanding, pursuing words and following after speech and learn the backward step that turns your light inwardly to illuminate yourself. So this is the this is the posture and the position from which we in which we, Take the backward step and turn the light around to illuminate ourself. Introspective practice. This position is the traditional position that Shakyamuni Buddha is seen uh, maintaining and statues and paintings and um, various depictions uh, throughout history. When, When Siddhartha Gautama was nearing liberation, he sat down under the Bodhi tree in this position. And I guess word got out. People in the neighborhood found out about this. And um, Mara, the evil one, the king of death, the embodiment of self-deception, got bent out of shape and decided to try to prevent this from happening. And what can I do to disrupt this uh, Siddhartha's meditation? And so Mara sent, according to legend, some beautiful daughters to try to seduce Siddhartha and it didn't work. And then Mara sent, some friends who happen to be demons to assault and assail and revile and torment Siddhartha. And that didn't work. And then Mara said, you know, you you really, you know, what gives you the right to think that you, what makes you think you can do this? Uh, I think I'm the one who should be doing this. What, you know, I got my friends here, the demons who back me up and say, they're, you know, they're my witnesses here, who's going to speak for you. So Siddhartha did the following, which I'd like you to join me in this action, if you can, from this position, simply move the right hand down and touch the ground, touch the earth with a request of the earth to witness his liberation. Will you do this, Earth? And Earth said yes. And Mara couldn't stand it and took off. It's really important to me this 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 is called Bhumis, Bhumis Parsha Mudra. Or also called Earth Witness Mudra. It's just like this, only the earth is being touched, and you think about it. Siddhartha Siddhartha was already sitting on the earth, and yet the earth is touched, and the and the earth is the earth becomes a witness for liberation, and. Siddhartha, in becoming Shakyamuni Buddha, witnesses the earth. This is a this is a, a, a position and an action that goes beyond solely introspective meditation. It it it's, it reaches out and engages the earth it engages the surrounding context the reason why and, and it's also uh that for me this this mudra is is especially poignant in today's world because i think it's an excellent reminder of the importance of environmental stewardship. the The environment in which we live must be included. In in, in fact, it can't be excluded from from our life, and just as Siddhartha was already sitting on the ground he acknowledged the ground it's a it's an extra connection it's an emphasis a reminder to practice now this this gesture this mudra comes to my mind as a result of having clearly heard and clearly participated in, clearly practiced our morning service. It's kind of like a reminder of the morning service for me. So I want to talk a little bit about the morning service. And we we had a nice morning service this morning. Uh, The one I'm thinking about is not... The one we did today although the one we did today has all the elements the one i'm thinking about is the one that we practice here on weekday mornings after morning sitting and i guess the reason why that's the one that comes to mind is that it's very minimal it has an incense offering and some bows, and it has three verses that as i hope to describe constitute an entire teaching the the entire teaching of buddha dharma practice so as i do from time to time i recently was often actually, I, I I was coming from a place of meditating on and thinking about a, a, a problem that's bigger than I can solve. And um, trying to figure out how to It's a it's a problem at large in society. I'm trying to figure out how how to position myself, how to act, how to respond, how to how to be of service. And the morning service began. There's incense offering, which changes the environment a little bit, the sensory environment, and it's calming. And then there are these bows. again, touching the earth. And there are three of them to start with. And then there's, then there's a chant, which goes like this. All my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate and delusion, Born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. It says, we just chanted together, although our past evil karma has greatly accumulated, indeed being the cause and condition of obstacles in practicing the way. May all Buddhas and ancestors who attain the Buddha way be compassionate to us and free us from karmic effects, allowing the allowing us to practice the way without hindrance. All my ancient twisted karma. One observation about that verse is that it uses the "I" word. It's about it's about this person, the person who's chanting that. My ancient twisted karma, I now fully avow. I confess, ancient twisted karma. Some of it is, a, is relates to actions that I have done. Some of it relates to actions that other people have done in my culture and my family in the past and by avowing it I, I'm confessing it and I'm also kind of admitting it. I'm letting it in. I'm I'm non-denying it. I'm owning it. And It begs a question, what is next? What do I do next? And and so it's okay. I'm with it. I'm open to it. I got it. It's mine. Some of it I can't do anything about some of it I didn't ask for some of it is based on my mistakes and the parts I don't like I can't say they're all my fault but if I own it I can say it's my responsibility in that I have an I have an opportunity to decide To respond to it. So that's part of the question that's begged. What's the response? The response comes next in the chant after another incense offering, and that is refuge. And it's expressed as the three refuges uh, refuge in Buddha, refuge in Dharma, and refuge in Sangha. And Again, I'm the one who's saying it. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Sangha. And it goes like this: I take refuge in Buddha with before all beings. beings. Yeah, thank you. Before all beings, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. I take refuge in Dharma before all beings, entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. I take refuge in Sangha, before all beings, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. One way to look at refuge is As a safe place where one can feel at home and protected. And that's great. It's necessary at times, especially at certain times, to be able to have that kind of place to to go to or be in. And there's another meaning of refuge, which kind of comes from the root words of it the latin roots of it which means to fly back so it's a it's like i kind of think of it like the control in a science experiment it's it can be if adopted as a as a practice and by means of a of a of a kind of vow it can be like the constant in one's life That one makes a commitment to return to, even if it does repeatedly, even if things don't seem like they're going that way. Oh, yeah, I said I was going to check back in with, I was going to check back in. Check in with the home base. That's refuge check in with Buddha, check in with the teachings of Buddha, check in with the community. Sometimes, one needs a little bit of a reminder about responding. And and uh, another way to say this another way to express this refuge is so that that actually flying back that's a that's a more of an active view of refuge the safe place where i can go to retreat to retreat in is more of a i guess you could say passive sense both of them are important both of them are necessary Uh, There's another way of looking at refuge, which came up for me in thinking about this, and that is, uh, it's a little bit like the, what I know as the foundations of, three foundations of practice, which are um, wisdom, concentration, and ethics. So if you want to align wisdom, concentration and ethics with Buddha, Dharma and Sangha, you could say wisdom, Buddha, concentration, Dharma, and ethics, Sangha. And it's another kind of watchword or touchstone for thinking and evaluating response in light of karma. And then the third element, the third chant in the morning service is a dedication, which is another kind of vow. It's a third kind of vow that reminds us, it's like a it's like an extension of Sangha in a way. It's like a it's like a reminder that the beneficiary of the practice, of, 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 of this practice, is actually everyone. And depending on how one looks at that, in making a response the for the benefit of everyone might come first it might come second it might come third there's some fluidity about how all this can happen and the dedication is a it is a, as i say it's a kind of a vow i'm going to do this practice of responding to my to my to my life to my i've touched the landscape of my life here and i'm going to make response i want to make responses to to that understanding and that acceptance of the landscape of my life for the benefit of everybody It's possible for somebody to have that intention. And also, if wholeheartedly practiced, that acceptance, that touching the earth, and those responses based on refuge, it will help everyone. So, a long time ago, when I was uh, having a whole lot of difficulty in my life, before I started to meditate, I I uh, one of the ways that I was able to find out that it would might be a good idea for me to to meditate was that I uh, realized that um, these problems that I had were not something I could just wish to go away, and they would go away. I was kind of stuck with them. And, um, and that's over here. That's a little bit like my ancient twisted karma. I'm stuck with this. And um, on the other hand, over here at the time, I still have a family. But I had a family at that time that included some little kids. And I'm looking at this problem and I'm looking at these little kids and I'm thinking, I I want to help, you know, I want to participate in taking care of them. And I got this real problem that's eating at me over here. What what's in the middle? The middle, what's in the middle is. responsiveness. And the, the the this teaching that we have the privilege of being able to listen to and accept if we if we choose to, is an excellent way to work with this kind of responsiveness. And so, um, i was encouraged and kind of delighted to see the people walking down the boulevard out here when we came out to walk and i thought they're just like us walking and they're working together on something i don't know what they were i don't does anybody know what they were up to they look that was a really nice looking group and um I thought anyway, and uh, it really it really warmed my heart. But it it, it helped me uh, see again some of these actions of response are collective, communal, in that way. As this is, and a lot of it is individual. A lot of it is individual even within the context of the group. So I wanted to share that. I felt I had an excellent opportunity and a gift to envision the, the power and depth of, the, of our morning service. I wanted to share that. May you, all of you and all of us daily touch the landscape of our lives, and may your the foundations of your practice be stable and strong.